welcome Highfalutin Ski Bone Podcast, episode number 262. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Everything. As as usual, we had like a two-hour conversation on just like a lot of funny-ass stuff, but we got to tape that one of these days. I don't know. I think a lot of it would get us fired, canceled, removed from polite we, we could put on the dark on <laughs> the dark web. that's where it would belong well on a positive note we were checking out like shack's yacht which oh shack, magical uh, dude shack is like the man he's he the really man. is like the man like he's just everything he does is awesome he's super rich has an awesome boat but then we also checked out like what does shack yacht, ski bezos yacht like does shack ski i don't oh, know that's a good one I mean, shack can pretty much do everything shack foo there, Shaq DJ at an Apre ski party in Aspen. Boom. That's that close enough. He's, he's ski. He's at an Apre ski party. He's at an Apre ski party. He's DJing. This was last year. This is free. Actually, dude, this is March third, twenty twenty. Shaq was spreading COVID all through Aspen. That was the Damn. weekend before everything shut down. Apre ski. Wow. So at least. Shaq is in that there is some sort of correlation between Shaq skiing and our podcast. There's a lot of white people in that crowd. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> because of course there is. Shaquille O'Neal skis in Utah, drips a metallic snowsuit, which fits like a glove. Boom. Let's see this picture. <laughs> <laughs> see? Whatever. You didn't know. You didn't know Shaq loved to ski. Did Damn. you? Of course like you that. didn't. Right? You didn't know. That's what we do in this podcast. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you just never know. You just never know. And this was not at Over Gatlinburg, Urban Ski. <laughs> this was not. Where was it at? Park Urban City, you said? Goddamn Utah, somewhere. I don't know. Somewhere with bowler ass stuff. Probably like canyons or Park City, right? Yeah. Sure looks that way. Well, speaking of awesome and baller, we talked to our pal Clark. Had an interview with him. You may remember him from last year. We, we spoke with him. He is an inspiring story. He was a powerful attorney in Georgia, moved to Colorado, started a new business doing backcountry touring, sled skiing. So we'll get to that a little bit later. And we think you're going to dig that interview. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite social media apps, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram untapped. I just saw a picture of Mark Zuckerberg and it just freaked me out. I went all meta. Freaked you, out, man. you got oh, meta he's fucked up. He's and, always and watching. Looking at him. Yeah. He creeps he's me creepy. Out. He is creepy. Send us an email. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you want stickers, season's coming up. You want to put it on your helmet, perhaps your box on your car, on your car itself. Send us an email. We'll send you stickers. DM us on Instagram. That also works. We have a shop skibumpodcast.com slash shop if you want to look dope. I got shirts like this. I got a dope sweatshirt somewhere. I don't know where it is right now. It's somewhere. We got those on the website. Check nice. it out. A lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. I just uh, did a search to see if Mark Zuckerberg really is a serial killer. There's nothing on there. Perhaps it's... He blocked it out. He, removed, looks like he scrubbed the internet. Killer. He has that power. That's... Yeah. See, that's even creepier. Also, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Paradise Skis. They make seriously fun skis. 
They're all about making skiing as fun as possible, whether it's shredding laps in Hawaiian shirts, bringing the parking lot apre, or getting up early to go for that huge backcountry objective. It's our mission to build skis and snowboards that allow our customers to enjoy every single day in the mountains. Go to their website, paradiseskis.com. Use the code SKIBUM15, 15% off. I got the red skis. They're right there. I actually remember how I have to reverse where I'm looking. If you're on YouTube, you're looking at it right now. They're back there. Get ready to use those things. Got to get ready to use them. I got the reds. The reds are the resort skis. They got the blue, which is the backcountry skis. And they have the green, which are the split boards. They're all awesome. They're great guys over there. Adam and Cam. Paradiseskis.com. Ski bum 15. 15% off. Mario, let's kick it off. The way we always do. It's time for Opre today. Well, I just poured my Opre, so uh, good timing. Yeah. I'm sticking with Florida. Uh, I had this had this beer a while back and before COVID. Was it before? No, it was during when COVID hit. When, of course, I'm in Florida, so things were open, never closed. Um, and they made a rule. I went to the brewery and they made a rule that you had to have food with, you can just serve beer. So what that's is this, Utah? How, yeah. So that's how all the breweries got around the COVID rules. They were like, okay, you could have limited people in and mass and all this other stuff. But if you serve food, you could have people in during COVID. So we were like, great. So uh, this is from Big Storm Brewery who just blew up. And they're actually one of the sponsors for like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And they went from like a small brewery to like a gigantic brewery, a second brewery that they built like overnight like these guys were were big and they have some pretty good beers they got some you know regular beers that they sell at the stadium and stuff which is kind of neat to see but they were serving food so they had this deal where you buy a pretzel and you get a beer for free i was like that's genius so they're selling food giving the beer away for free german pretzel they did it right we got this one called the bromosa bromosa Right, and this this looks like something that would be perfect for Opre. Look at the uh, the can with the sunglasses. I like it. Pretty cool. Tangerine IPA. So it's a tangerine IPA. The write up on Beer Advocate is they brew the ultimate beverage for the brewer cyst that isn't into sweet bubblies served in pretentious highfalutin glassware. Bromos is a, glassware. <laughs> Bromos is a dry hop juicy IPA with the name that. Uh, makes it socially acceptable to drink in the morning or any time of the day. Expect a strong punch of tangerine flavor followed by a dry and hoppy finish that even the self-proclaimed IPA hater enjoys. Made with champagne yeast. Mm. This got an 86 on Beer Advocate, which is very good. So it's an it's a brute IPA. Brute IPA. <laughs> brute IPA. Oh, you brute. Oh, you brute. Uh, ABV 7.1. So this is definitely something you want to have. When you don't have anything to do, this is a good day drinking beer. Yeah, this thing is good. It, it tastes, it tastes like it wants to be a mimosa, a champagne mimosa, but it definitely has like a. It tastes very similar, but it definitely has that little bit of hoppiness to it that makes you reels you back to say you're drinking a beer and you're a bro. You're drinking a bromosa. Drinking a bromosa. I remember so, there was a while when they were having the manmosas, mm-hmm. and wasn't that. Coors Light and orange juice. Yeah, that was like, yeah, they were making that. I think like that was Adam Corolla, silly. right? Is it? it was Adam, I think it was an Adam, Adam Corolla thing. 
I mean, it's really just silly. Let's be honest. That sounds gross. Yeah. I mean, that why? Why are we like like? Why is a mimosa such a problem in the first place? Like, have you had one recently? They're absolutely yeah. delicious. I have mimosas. I gotta say, almost every other Sunday. Look at you. Sunday happens. We have our Costco champagne, which I think right now are we we're stocked back up. We're at about fourteen bottles. Now, usually we have a case on hand at any time with about two or three in the fridge at any point in time. Uh, yes, it looks like we're alcoholics, but we like to entertain and we like to get down. This is champagne is just wine soda. Uh, and actually champagne, I think they say it's only like 95 calories. So it's actually better than a beer or wine. Like it's one of the better things to drink if you're looking calorically, caloric intake. <laughs> yeah, nice unfortunately... Our, you know? our time and place in life that's we can't day drink <laughs> it's just not even a possibility you not with be, kids yeah dude i drink coffee pretty much from the moment i get up till the time i go to sleep i've been uh cutting out the that's creamer and doing the intermittent fasting now so there you go. now i've been fasting from the night through lunchtime every day just drinking black coffee and that's it in the morning so not too bad Nice. Yeah, kind of liking it. You just get used to it. Like it just becomes like not a thing. You know, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I'm a little hungry, but it's not too bad. I'm not wor- working out too heavy. Otherwise, I'd be starving in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the factors. Like I'm still doing spin and stuff. But if I was doing heavy weights, I'd be starving in the morning, probably eat something. Uh, but I tell you, it's not too bad. And it's easy because you just start the work day. I wake up. I don't have to worry about making anything. I just grab a cup and pour some coffee and I'm done. Yeah, Great start. I've, I've been doing that for months now, and it's yeah, it just comes like the way. Yeah, it's one time good. it's weird is when you have people over and they're like, "Oh, it's for breakfast," and it's like eight a.m. or nine a.m. You're like, "Nothing is for mm. breakfast." Like we're yeah. eating like three hours, and you're like, oh, "I'm so starving." I'm like, "You're fat. You didn't do anything. Like, why are you hungry? Like, <laughs> why are you hungry? It, you just you have no discipline. It just you just have no, a. Uh-uh, it is? I have a discipline. You're just used to eating That's at a, a certain time. You're used to eating at eight in the morning. Yeah. You don't do it because you're hungry. You just, it's repetition. It's what you're doing every day. And if you can get out of that cycle and break, create new positive patterns, you wouldn't have to do that. I'm still think about when I was commuting like a savage, seeing a guy on the boat and the guy was eating a buttered roll and a Coke at seven in the morning. I'm like, mm-hmm. my man, you don't need that. Like yeah. nothing you're consuming, you're putting in your body right now is necessary. Sure. That's all I do, which is, that's why I hated commuting. I would just watch people and judge them and hate them. That's it. See, and now you don't have to do that because you're home. I'm focusing on love. And speaking yeah. of love, my operate today, I've decided to go with one of my favorite new beers that I found this year. All right. From last week, I had that delicious cane coffee stout and another beer from cane local brewery, Citra. Ooh punch boom now if you know brian and you know what brian likes brian is a sucker for some lactating ipas <laughs> some big old lactating mama ipas you like some full size and lactating and that's what this is this is a ipa brewed with caracar orange tangerine and lactose what is a caracar orange i don't know all i know is that sons of anarchy the prostitutes with the caracar girls Caracara. The, the so Caracara. it's like the orange is grown by the whole place. I, I have no idea. Oranges. I don't know what a Caracara is. 
I know oh, I it's have a some red sort of... flesh navel orange. Is not not a blood red orange, but it's like reddish, almost like grapefruit looking. It's sort of that in between between yeah. the regular and the blood orange. It's a spontaneous bud mutation on a Washington navel orange tree. Huh. Yeah. So this bad boy again, a little older. Got it early in the summer. A lot of citrus, a lot of citrus, and a lot of the creamy lactosey goodness. Nice. They add lactose. Oh, they add lactose, baby. They go Lactate big. The hell out of it. So if you're lactose intolerant, this isn't for you. Tough. Sorry, John. I know you're the only person on earth that hates the Icarus Brewing because they put lactose in everything. I know. He's like, I only have like one or two beers to drink. It's like, sorry, dude, this isn't your brand. That's like saying, I hate Chinese food. Well, then why'd you go to Panda Express? Because all they serve is Chinese food. <laughs> go to Sabaro. It's right next to it. You'll be fine. You You'll mean, find nothing with, without MSG. I'm like, sorry. It's, it's Chinese food. Sorry. Like, you know, it's like, I don't like beer. What else do you have? This is a brewery, sir. We serve beer. <laughs> you may need to go somewhere else. Do you have any seltzers? Go to the Byrate liquor store down the street. You can buy a whole case and drink it in your car. Actually, you, you know what? All the breweries I go to now, they have the seltzers because they, the seltzers and wine because they want people to come in and just, oh, I'm not a beer drinker. Because you know there's one in the pack, especially there's if you go one. out with a group. Oh, I'm not a big beer drinker. So they have something to keep them, you know, occupied while everybody else enjoys their beer. They just have a big pile of cocaine in the corner. It's like, you don't want a beer? Just, just here you go. That's, just borrow, and, just go into and, the bucket. And we're go back to, to Miami. <laughs> and we're back to Miami. <laughs> All drugs should be legalized. They should be clean. There's your big bucket of cocaine. Have at it. How about mushrooms? Yes. You know, my, my fear is that somebody would dose me on mushrooms. Who was I watching where they dosed person on mushrooms it's like i was told these were portabella i don't know what happened i just started seeing <laughs> things it got weird so there was that you ever watched that uh sh- that netflix series you no i think we were talking about it there's one episode where the I've guy seen w. The you the you so the, so the guy gets dosed by mushrooms oh no it wasn't mushrooms it was, it was um it was pcp <laughs> so he's tripping balls it was it was uh acid guy put acid in a drink and gave it to him because they were gonna uh sequester themselves and write in a hotel room and he was just freaking the hell out he's like and he's a serial killer he 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 dosed the serial killer and i'm like that's just bad that's not the guy you want to dose yeah i'm like wow that's that's really he didn't know it but you know you're playing with fire right there. Wait, he didn't know the guy was a serial killer when he dosed him? Exactly. Did he become a serial killer because of the dosing? No, he was a serial killer well before that. Yeah. This was like third season or something. You know what? That's tough because, again, it depends where you are in your life. If you're a person who's like young and scared of life and, oh, my God, how am I going to? I don't want to upset my parents. I need to get a job. I need to make money. And you get dosed. You, I could see you being like freaking out and just going crazy. But it's when you're older, like think about dosing somebody like it is that doesn't want to be dosed. Like that's it is super rude. But think you don't about drive somebody well, nuts that way. Well, I'm telling you, as a person who has two kids, my son came in. So he has glow in the dark pajamas right now that he's wearing. Oh, and when he cute. goes to bed, he's like, "Wow, the glow in the dark." He came in at three fifty this morning, <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, mommy, my pajamas aren't glowing anymore." And we're like, ben, we're go back to bed. And he goes back to bed. Like that was like breaking news. 
My pajamas are not glowing anymore. I woke up. They're not glowing anymore, man. What happened? As a man at that stage in his life, if I got dosed, I would ride the fucking lightning. I would be like embracing <laughs> the chaos, the the storm, the madness, the beauty that was happening to me at that moment. Dude, you would be like we were on the plane sitting in your goddamn seat, freaking the hell out, waiting for I, that trip to end. I was a different man <laughs> at a different point in my life at that time. Dude, what, right what, now, what I they would serve you on the plane? It. Ayahuasca water, motherfucker. <laughs> Enjoy that. I would be giving myself enemas. I'd be drinking it. <laughs> I'd be marinating in it. I'm a oh. different man at this time. A different I'm, point in my life. I've like got to ride the lightning. He's doing the enema to prepare to have the, the special, <laughs> um, the, the historic, uh, what the hell was it? It was like Vicodin or whatever. That wasn't the Quaaludes. Was oh, the Quaalude. That's what it was. Yeah. The Quaalude that they don't make anymore. God, I forgot who I was talking to about that. They were talking about how great Quaaludes were. <laughs> It, who the hell ooh, was a, that oh my god talking to someone one of those random people you encounter I think that was life. created for um mental um mental issues right mm-hmm. methaquilone methaquilone it's a <laughs> that sedative whole, and that hypnotic whole the, that whole scene with the lamborghini was the best yeah <laughs> he's like yeah i just went down there he's driving all suave and then you see what actually happened it's like uh, it was great shit. So yeah, a lot of lactose. Very good. Cane Brewing, they do an awesome job. If you're in Jersey, it's one of the few positives here. We're sorry for everything that happens in this dump. <laughs> it is what it is. And they don't make it anymore. Speaking of dumps and speaking of New Jersey. Let's go to Ski News. Right in. Just announced this week. Unfortunately, they were they were considering when it first happened that they'd be closed a month, hoping to reopen in November. Turns out they're not going to be reopening till at least 2022. Mm. We've said it before. We've said it repeatedly. That site where they built Big Snow, formerly Xanadu, now the American Dream, has to be cursed. It must be an Indian burial ground or something because there is always a problem. Whether it was building it to start, whether it was opening it whether it was covid whether it was fires there is always a problem at that site i yeah. don't even know what else it is they got to do a seance there they got to like sacrifice a person or some chickens or something <laughs> they have to find a way a little to- santeria in there i'm sure like somebody around the local area could be like i'll pop in there do a little santeria curse Dude, they have, for you. They, they have to exercise the demons from yeah. that spot, man. I don't even know how else to put it. Like, the place is so, cursed. I kind of feel gypped. We were there for the, the last opening day ever, and now this is going to be the third opening day when they reopen. <laughs> they just keep reopening it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, they're just getting just slapped around. It's like it's when tough. you go to one of those, like, stupid furniture places, and they're like, closing forever. I mean, until yeah. next week. Like yeah, or in the city, off and we're going out of business sale. The camera then, shops that are like always going out of business, always going out of business. It's like Mahmoud and Son. Now it's like Mahmoud and Sons. Exactly. We yeah. just went out of business, and now we're reop- grand reopening. Then going out of business. Then grand reopening. Going so we're out of hoping. Business. Our fingers are crossed. We're staying positive. We want Big Snow to reopen. I got I bought a stupid ten pack. I've used one of my ten pack. Well, you got to get in there, son. Uh, 
So it's it's unfortunate. We're staying positive. We're sending good vibes. Again, rumor has guys, it they're going to work on something to get the scent of the mountains in there. Rumors, perhaps that would be awesome. Perhaps and we may know a guy. Know a guy that knows a guy that's going to get that thing to happen. Know a guy who brings positive sense to places. That's right. <laughs> we also know a guy that brings negative sense, but we're not talking about him. Or talk, we don't but talk the, to but him. But the anymore. two are connected, but that's the yin and the yang. That's the ebb and, ebb and that, flow. Harmony. You know, they're the yin and the yang. Homeostasis, bro. That's how you find it. Steve's the yin and, and uh, Walker's the yang. That's right. Well, so Big Snow may be closed. But if you're on the East Coast, boom. Who's opening first this year? The winner, again, the beast, Killington, the 5th of November. <coughs> They're opening for pass holders. All you other jabronis, 11-6. And this will be coming out after that day has passed. But this is big. This is always a huge push. It's usually Killington, Sunday River. They're usually the two that are battling it out right. at the snowmaking capacity. The weather, the last, the last few days has been really good. Last week, it was still muggy. There was all this rain. Mm. I saw a friend of ours post it on Instagram, blind skier, follow him. He's awesome. He's hilarious. He posted pictures of, of snow. Uh, oh my God, superstar. And that's where they do the big world cup race. That's like the main which is kind happening of, again this year. It's the last run like that's going to be around in June. That's that's kind of Killington's yeah. signature. They put a, like two stories of snow on it. Oh, dude. Yeah, the, the glacier they build every every winter. He showed the picture. It was just like this little tiny patch. And I think they had a pretty solid amount made there. But again, you had a couple days where it just dumped rain. We had a nor'easter that rolled through. There were yeah. spots in Connecticut and it got four to six inches of rain, like dumped rain. Yeah, that... that dumped from virginia all the way up right that was that big storm that came pretty in. much yeah yeah it it dumped rain and they got it really bad up there and again that much rain just destroys snow especially oh, early yeah. season man-made snow like that's that's not going to stand that test so yeah. unfortunately that shut down but killington is now open i think they're probably going to just be on on the weekends because they have a, they said they have a 12 inch base, which seems like the old Killington. Let's round to the nearest what, foot. What they do <laughs> round to the nearest. But if foot. it's cold at night, they'll blow, they'll, they'll be able to blow a ton of snow at night. Even if they get a little melt in the day, as long as they don't get that big rain. Yeah. I mean, technically it says nothing is open, but that's probably because they have to update the stats in the morning, but they're showing I'm trying to see if they're showing what's going to be open. They are saying day one reserved for our most loyal guests season pass holders, 49 bucks general public on Saturday, the 9th, 9 a.m. Weather permitting day one will look and feel like similar to past years. Skiers and riders will upload K1 gondola, use the peak walkway to get to and from the North Ridge quad used to be the North Ridge triple with early season conditions on rhyme and reason. Oh yeah. Rhyme and reason. Yeah. So there ain't much open. It's the usual, it's the ceremonial get the season started, which, Hey, after the year it's been, it's everyone's happy just to get out there and to get everybody be happy to get out. That's it. This is definitely not the Palisades Tahoe three foot dump. We're opening cause we got pounded for the first time in 17 years in October. 
But hey, East Coast skiers, we take what we can get. And this is what we're getting. So congrats to Killington. The winners were excited. The season is kicking off on the East Coast. Yeah. Winter is here, baby. And they're already starting the Fast Tracks add-on. Yay! Who doesn't want to spend more money? (laughs) I have too much money in my pocket. So if they're going to open the fifth, let's say you go on the sixth and you're like, I want to do the fast tracks add on 49 bucks. will get you to cut the line. Pretty Not much. a bad deal. So for the people that are out there on the one run, you'll be able to cut in front of them and go, ha ha ha. I got 49 bucks burned a hole in my pocket that I just spent on. So Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, get out of my way. Yeah. My ride. They have announced like, we talked about fast tracks for the last two weeks. Like this has been a big deal and everyone's talking about it. They've actually added it to the website now. So you can go and reserve your fast tracks add on. Yeah. So perhaps they did it everywhere. Perhaps you are going to be there on Christmas day. You want to get fast tracks? $69. Nice. Hmm. So it's variable rate too. It's variable rate. So perhaps hmm. you want to go January the 3rd. Let all the crazy people be up there. New Year's weekend. You want to roll in on Monday? $49. Hmm. Not a bad deal, right? Yeah. You want a Saturday? $69. MLK weekend? Also $69. If you lock that in now. Snowbird also has their fast tracks available online. Now you're going to need a few more bucks if you want your fast tracks to Snowbird. Say you want to go on Christmas. Say, screw my family. I want to go and get some turns in. 99 bucks at Snowbird. So you paid 200 bucks for a lift ticket and then 99 bucks for the add-on. Boxing Day. The day after Christmas. $115 as an add-on to your lift ticket. Damn. They are not messing around at snowbird it looks like weekends and holidays are 115 bucks for your fast tracks so they must know just by looking at you know past year statistics like which are the really hot pretty crowded days and those are the days you're gonna pay it's like buying a second lift ticket almost it's you know like like almost like a junior lift ticket yeah but that's almost probably the only way you're gonna get your money's worth out of any ticket is getting that for those days, right? Because yeah. it's going to be so crowded. So Snowbird's looking like 69 bucks during the week. And then wow. weekends and holidays, 115 Now, I don't know if that's even going to change. Like if, if perhaps they have a limited amount and as the time gets closer and there's only a few left, the prices rise. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. We will see. But... You know, they keep yammering on about inclusivity and getting more people of lower income and different demographics into skiing. This ain't a great goddamn way to do that. Yeah. So this let me ask like you a, something. This seems, this, like a, this seems like a money grab. So let me ask you something. So is there an organization that is organizing fast tracks? And these resorts are using it, or is everybody just calling it fast tracks and implementing it at their mountain? Well, I think it was powder mountains, like powder resorts that were doing this. Right. I mean, I don't I don't even know. I don't think Snowbird is owned by powder. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I, I really don't know. 
but it was all the powder ones that were doing this. So it was almost like, you know, they're, they own four or five, whatever, at least resorts. Just like, you know, if, if Vail decided to do something like this, they would go across all of their properties. Similar hmm. thing. Yeah. So it's all powder. You're right. Powder is branding at Fast Tracks. That's what I was wondering. I was like, is that a powder? So it's the owning organization of all these mountains is implementing it. That's why they're calling it the same. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm like, any any place could do a Fast Tracks pass, but this is, oh, they're rolling it out of all theirs. Yeah. So they own cop- 11 resorts, actually. Yeah. Copper. Well, this year they said they're only doing it Copper, Snowbird, Killington, and Mount Bachelor for this season. Right. And then they'll probably expand to the other ones. Interesting. One can only hope. It's going to take one shanking just to get that uh, rethought. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's, you know. It could turn ugly. Let's put it that way. I don't even want to talk about this fast tracks anymore. It just bums That's... me out. You know, it just, it it's. Well, it's it bums you out if you don't have it. If you have it, you're like, this is the best ever YOLO and you're out of there. Yeah. And you're getting hit with a snowball the minute you say YOLO right in the, right in the face. And the guy who threw it is wearing a Sons of Belichick shirt. Right. <laughs> they shut the hell up and get to the back of the line. All right. Like An old else. Tom Brady jersey. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Fast tracks. Big bucks. Yeah. Well, if got you know what, if you love spending money, say you've already got your fast tracks, you've got your season pass, and you bought a brand new car and you live in Nevada or California, guess what you can get? You can get some dope Tahoe plates. Tahoeplates.com. You can purchase a new California or Nevada Tahoe license plate and get one free lift ticket to the Tahoe ski resort of your choice. Hmm. So I'm looking here on the site. It's 50. Well, there's one plate that's like $62 for the first year. Another one's $50 for the first year. And then rules $40 the next year and 30 the next year. So you're actually getting out a good deal. So you're paying 50 bucks or 62 bucks for a plate and you get a free lift ticket. That's a really good deal. At, you can get the bad. ticket at Palisade Tahoe, North Star, Heavenly, Homewood, Diamond Peak, Kirkwood, Mount Rose, Tahoe Cross Country, or Tahoe City. Mm. You can and get again, Ski Bum PCAST. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. Get the you first one that. in. Yeah. This is pretty cool, though. Like this is sort of neat. So you can actually get a, a cool license plate. I don't know what this money goes to. It goes to the Tahoe fund. And they will use the power of philanthropy to improve the Lake Tahoe environment for all the rich people who own houses there to enjoy. Sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me. It you works might as well with, call it the Mario fund. It all goes it to sounds my like, pocket. It's just called the Zuckerberg fund. The Zuckerberg fund. <laughs> It works with partners like the California Tahoe Conservancy and Nevada Division of State Lands to ensure more environmental projects can be completed in the Lake Tahoe Basin Metaverse. All right. That works. Yeah. This is cool. Did you see, did you watch it all earlier this year when they had the outdoor hockey game in Lake Tahoe? No, I did not. It was was an absolute nightmare shit show anybody the fall sun, through the ice the sun was way too strong it was melting the ice the, the players were so pissed off they had to move it to like at night oh wow who played on the, in that what's that who are the teams 
For Golden Knights. Okay. Vegas, that makes sense. And I forget the oh, other... Like the Kings or something? Somebody from California? You would have thought. I don't right. think it was. The Canadians? That would be way too weird. No, because everything was like just huh. one within your division last year. Uh, San Jose, right. maybe? That's Cali, right? That's, yeah. Tahoe Hockey NHL. Who played? Because again, it was just a complete nightmare. Because I watched it and... They just they were just showing the ice like melting because the sun was beaming right onto the ice. Oh, it was the oh. Avalanche and the Knights. There you go. Oh, the Avalanche and the Knights. All right. And they had the That's Bruins, pretty cool. And then the Flyers and the Bruins the next day. Oh wow. It just it just did not work well. But there's no spectators, obviously. They just had it there. The scenery was beautiful. Like it looked awesome, but it was just a disaster. Yeah, it was beautiful out there. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, the middle of the winter would be great to do it there, but what was January? They did it, or no, February they did it. Oh, it but just wasn't they good. Just, it was just one of those days where the sun was so bright and so oh, strong. It just beat yeah. down on that ice. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You need a frozen tundra to have that thing going. Well, they did they did a game in Los Angeles. If they yes. actually played an outdoor game in Los Angeles, which is absolutely crazy. But it's just wow. how far the technology has come to the rink cooling technology. Yeah. Make it on plastic ice or something like that. I've skated on that. It's super weird. Yeah. Bodie, Bodie was skating on it like that indoor fake ice surface. Um, it's good. He said, uh, but you got to get your, your skate sharpened after it dulls the crap out of your skates. Oh, kills it. Yeah. So uh, it is good though. It gives you the, the, it gives you sort of a real feel. It's just, uh, it is weird. It's real-ish. Yeah. Real-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. And last cool. but not least, we have a uh, kind of an announcement that came up. I'll let you take this because I know you, uh, you're all over this today. Yeah. This came out, I think it was Wednesday, perhaps. Angel Collinson, who we know from TGR movies, Paradise Waits. Dream Factory. She had the line of the year a couple of years ago in Alaska. Amazing she skier. has announced she is stepping away from skiing. Yeah. She had an Instagram video that she posted and it's called Taking the Leap. I don't know exactly what she's doing. I've watched the video. She, you know, talks about faith and you know trying to look for the light in her life and figure out what her calling is and hmm. it's sweet it's inspiring it's cool i i don't know what she's going to do yeah but you know it's one of those things you the old saying is you know if you know the way you shall see it in all things and yeah. she's such a great skier and you know, she's gone through some some tough injuries the last couple of years. Her and her brother, John, they've had some tough times. And, you know, she's at that ripe old age of 30 where you oh. start thinking differently about life. And, you know, you, you've been kind of putting your life, putting yourself out there for this sport for a bunch of years now. And, you know, all the skiers, just about everybody loves her. And it's, you know, what do you do at this point? And that's something like all these ski movies, they always sort of allude to in a way is, you know, you, how do you keep progressing in the sport 
when you at a point you like you get to a certain age where you're like i don't want to be putting my life at risk anymore i have other things in my life i have a family i have kids i have obligations so you might be thinking about a family now right like you start thinking about what when do you stop right yeah what point do you stop and do priorities change yeah and you know you you don't know what's in her head you know i mean she's she doesn't have to apologize to anybody she doesn't have to (laughs) you know she doesn't really have to explain herself either I mean, you know, yeah. she, she's, it was cool that she put it on Instagram and she let everybody know and you, know, you see tons of support for her and likes and comments, but she's lived a ski life that most of us just dream about. Mm. And, you know, she's, she's an amazing athlete. She's an amazing person. She's still young enough and has enough energy that she could do whatever she wants at this point. You know, she's got this amazing track record. She's got probably connections all over the place. And now she's kind of looking for something bigger, which it's cool. It's cool. Cause again, like I said, you get to a point where, you know, as you get older, like, do you want to keep trying more treacherous things like going more and more ridiculous? My favorite Warren Miller movie is still Line of Descent from 2017 when they did they had the whole scene where they're doing the powder boards where they have the the snowboards with no bindings. Mm. And the guys in it keep talking about it. they're like you know like they even say that exact same thing they're like you know I don't want to have to keep progressing and doing these most ridiculous more and more ridiculous stunts to stay at the top of the game like I want to enjoy myself more. Like I want to just take it back and make it simple again and kind of go back to what made me fall in love with the sport to begin with. And it wasn't putting myself at risk to hurt or kill myself, Mm. you know, to, to get that next level sponsor, to get in that extreme movie. What is it that matters? And that's something that all of us need to kind of take a step back and evaluate all the time because it's different for all of us. We all, we all are in this game in this sport for a different reason. And yeah, some of us are, you know, some guys are 16, 18, no fear, parents insurance. Let's friggin' let's send it, baby. Let's rip it. Yeah. Some of us, you know, have other obligations and families and, you know, want to just take it back a notch and enjoy it for what it is. That simple, that freedom, that joy, that's impossible to get anywhere else in life. Yeah. I actually, uh, I pulled up an article from 2020 February where, um, it was an article from REI and they were talking about Angel Collinson and how she has this deep, um, this deep feeling that she wants to live a good chunk of her life on a boat and she took up sailing and she wants to sail around the world. So that's something out there that she wants to do. She said she had a, a fear of moving water, which she had to overcome, which is pretty interesting. Really? She, thought, she thinks maybe in a past life she drowned, but um, she saw it as a challenge. And, and so she actually mentioned that that was something that she, she said she hopes to leap into sailing and that'll encourage others to find their passion and follow it. So well, yeah, maybe it's go, sailing, maybe it's something go, else. Well, if you go on her Instagram, you see a ton of pictures of her on a boat with a boat mm. all over the place. Maybe she wants to just sail for a while or be on the water. Who knows? Right. Yeah. 
I mean, she's sailing is fun. If you have a real nice sailboat and you know how to sail, like I've sailed with people that know what they're doing and it's fun as hell. Like you're raising (laughs) sails and it's a lot of work. You're not, I like it because you're not sitting just sitting around while somebody drives. You know what I mean? Like everybody's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, you got to know what you're doing. You got to like, you know, it's timely. You got to like not be screwing around. You pay attention. So it's kind of cool if you're, if you're a little ADD, like you can't sit around, like sailing's great. You're <laughs> sailing, like, you're is, doing something. It's for you. Yeah, it's right. If you have ADD, sailing's for you. Um, if you're ADD and uh, anal retentive, perfect. Sailing's <laughs> the perfect thing for you. Sailing um, is your jam. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Who knows? I mean, maybe it's uh, maybe she just wants to explore some passions. I mean, good for her. Good, good to see people when they have that opportunity, right? Yeah, and to do it when you still can do it, instead yeah. of it just kind of being one of those things you have to do because you, you know, rode rode the wave too long. So there's a guy I went to high school with, and uh, he actually runs the company I'm working for right now, which is a multi-billion-dollar company, and um, he announces retirement, and I'm like, so I reached out to him, like, dude, that's freaking awesome, like you it's good to see somebody doing it. And at his age, I'm like, this, this is freaking great. Like he's retiring, which, which means he, you know, he's, he's pretty well set. So nice to see, right. Whenever you see somebody do that, you got to admire them, you know? Yeah. And it's so easy to be jealous of those people, but, and you know, a hint of jealousy isn't always a horrible thing. Hopefully it but motivates you, right? It hopefully, yeah, you got to find motivation and, you know, but you got to realize too, like I look at this person, I know they work their ass off, you know, good for them. Right. Yeah. You bust your ass, you put the time in and you know, you, you try to look for that in people. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. You are inspiring and I want to be more like that. So this is a shout out to angel. If you want some people to be deck hands on your boat, Brian and I are willing to spend, commit maybe a week to sailing like some baller ass places or just hang out on the water. Just chill I can, out. I can scrub a deck. I can scrub a poop deck like you, like nobody's business. <laughs> okay. It's not a poop deck because that's not where you poop. I can scrub a poop deck <laughs> like not, nobody's business. Not Peter Griffin. Like what? What? You, you call it a poop deck. <laughs> I just went there. If you got a Lido deck, that's actually where I roll. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be cool. Like, Spend a week on a boat, just floating around, sailing places. That'd be kind of cool. Absolutely. I'd be a volunteer deckhand. My wife actually is talking about, she would love to sail around the world as well. And I'm like, I love the idea of it. (laughs) I love the idea of sailing, but it seems like it would be, after like a week, I think I would go a little crazy. Well, didn't some company, was it Royal Caribbean, just announced like a 270 day cruise? Like some cruise around the world? Well, they, there's been a few things that I remember seeing something on History Channel. They were talking about this boat called The World. And it's you buy a condo on it. It's like a condo. So you buy, like, of course, it's like a shitload of money. And you sail like year round, you're sailing and they, they try to stay in good weather and you just sail all year. I'm like, that's pretty freaking awesome if you think about it. That's super awesome. I'll look it up now. Well, speaking of people who are inspiring and followed their passions, we're going to roll into our main topic. 
and we're talking to our pal Clark. He, again, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast. He was a successful attorney on the East Coast in Georgia. He was a lover of skiing. Well, you know what? I'm not going to tell a story. Sum it up. Left his law firm, sold it off, moved to the mountains, skis, guides, and is living the ski bum dream, really. He's super inspiring. He's got a new business venture he's working on, too. We love talking to him. We think you guys are going to enjoy this, too. So here's our interview with our buddy Clark. All right. And we have another very special guest interview. We've had him on before. He is our pal, Clark Nash. Clark, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back again. Thanks for having me, man. It's good. To, it's, well, I miss Mario. Yeah. You know, Mario, it's a Friday night. He's in Florida. There's no rules. He's he's a newlywed. So he's he's having a good time right now. But uh, we'll awesome. get Mario back on there uh, next time. So you were on before. And... I love your your story. So for those who may have missed it or need a refresh, just give us a quick overview of how you went from being an attorney in Georgia to being out in Colorado doing some backcountry instruction. Well, yeah. I, first, before I start any of that, I do have to represent uh, the dogs. I have that on proudly. As, there you go. Uh, apparently, it's uh, slowly becoming title town over there with the Braves. I don't really follow uh, baseball. It's kind of not my thing, but they're obviously pretty good. For the champs, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was an attorney in Savannah, and um, unfortunately, in 2016, my mom passed away mountain biking, and sort of um, forced my path into a different direction. Uh, thankfully, because um, you know it was pretty bad losing her, obviously, but I think it would have been worse continuing a life that I knew I wasn't meant for um, in the wake of that. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to make a move out here. My my law firm had uh, done done well enough, and so I got I got rid of some cases and things like that, and um, cleared the deck, and came out here and started um, getting interested in getting certifications to guide. And uh, touring the backcountry was just kind of like a secondary part of that; it was collateral, um, and then as I took, you know, the, the, the tests and whatnot, the airy ones and the twos and, and, and then, uh, airy pro, it is something that, um, you know, I became very infatuated with as an idea that maybe I could make this a lifestyle for like a business choice. Um, and I had met friends on, on the other end that, you know, we wanted to start a guide operation, um, in the area that I, that I, essentially live in the Northern Colorado area. Uh, very few people know about it and it's got, I mean, the last three years, the best snowpack, certainly last year. I mean, the, the last day I was sled skiing powder with powder was May 11th. And that was like probably, Oh, that's probably like 10, 12 inches. <laughs> yeah, I know it was heavy, you know, working yeah. through that was not the best, but still I think you're like, well, it's crazy. Um, so, but uh, and, you know, as I got, you know, did, did some guiding last year and worked with my, my buddies to start an, an official operation, um, the idea of instruction became a really big um, goal of mine because I would run into kids and other people who were avid backcountry travelers that wanted to learn about that, um, but didn't have the time or the money. And, uh, yeah, so like, that's kind of where I am right now. I'm trying to get an instruction, 
uh, apparatus off the ground. And I mean, I can tell you more about that later, but that's, that's kind of how I got out here. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's unfortunate the event that, that caused it, but the fact that you were able to take it and kind of see it for what it was, see the opportunity for what it was. Cause a lot of people, you know, could kind of put their head down, just like put, forget. I did for a while for sure, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like one natural response is to kind of ignore your feelings and, and just kind of try to push through. But the fact that you, you saw that opportunity and, you know, took that chance, took that, that risk. And now you're out there and now you're, you're feeling fulfilled and now you're trying to build it into something bigger. It's, yeah. it's inspiring. It's exciting. Uh, and it's something that, you know, when people hear this, it's like, you know, they want to root for you. You know, they want, well, you guys it's to awesome to hear. Oh, I think yeah. that's how this, this community is, you know, yeah. this isn't, you know, it's not a zero sum game, the industry, you know, there's plenty of snow, there's plenty of mountains for everybody. And when you see people doing things that are challenging, new, exciting, it's inspiring to others who maybe have an idea, an inkling and like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I should, I'll just go to Vail and ski there. It's like, well, no, the, try, maybe try this. And when something like this exists, when a, a program like you're creating exists with all the craziness that's happened in the last two years, the big push to people going into the back country, more yeah. availability of gear, this kind that's of thing, yeah. this, this kind of opportunity, like these, these classes, they, they need to be more available for people. Um, so this is, this is exciting. So, so tell us a little more about what you've, uh, you got cooked up here. So I, the last part of what you said is interesting. Whereas you and I do agree that more of these classes need to be made available. I think the, the, the impetus of all this was the realization that the average person feels, uh, airy, um, controls anyone's ability to instruct snow safety. Um, so like, for instance, if I go to, if I'm in Denver and I just moved from St. Louis and I want to go tour in the backcountry, I'm going to find friends and people that I consider safe. And, 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 I, and obviously so um, who took an area one course because that's the only game in town, but an area, an area one course is, three days of your time, sometimes two, but it's also one day of instruction somewhere else. And they, 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 they put that in the fine print. So it's always three days of your time mm-hmm. and nearly a thousand dollars when you add up the cost of going back and forth from where you're going. Cause it's never in your hometown. It's gotta be in the mountains cause you, you gotta have a field day. Right. Um, and they separate it up and talk about a lot of stuff that you don't need to hear about quite frankly, because the, you got to remember the objective of everybody in that class. Um, and it was mine as well, was to safely travel in the backcountry. I'm not trying to forecast, you know, I'm not trying to discuss diurnal recrystallization, you know, metamorphous activity in the snowpack, because none of that matters because of the good people at our forecasting centers throughout the Mountain West. Um, in Colorado, we have the Colorado Avalanche Information Center, CAIC. It is a go-to app that people in the backcountry have on their phone because when they wake up in the morning and probably days before, if they're planning on a consequential objective, they're looking at the forecast and the snowpack layer uh, predictions that have been put forth by the forecasters um, who are doing all of that for us now. But these courses act like they're not, and they're teaching stuff like that in class and like, you know, all these things about, and then maritime snowpack and all these other issues that don't... (laughs) 
like not applicable to your immediate situation. Yeah, or you want to be skiing here. Well, then this is what you need to know. And this is how you need to avoid it. And you could distill that down into a day. Um, it usually it's three, three days. Yeah, yeah. But if you had, I could teach and, and I feel, I don't have any data, but I've just done this with other people anecdotally, but I, I, I've not had an actual course that I've, I've run through uh, as a testimony. I probably am going to run this with some of my touring mates. I, you know, but I do have some participants lined up. So who are, who've paid and, and, you know, full refunds are obviously available. This is done on a complete good faith basis, but I feel very confident that what they're needing to be taught to travel safely in the back country, um, not only with their touring buddies, but on their own, because that is, I hate saying it this way, but that is, when the rubber hits the road, you have to be able to be in control of yourself. So self-sufficiency is, 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 is of paramount importance. Mm-hmm. Um, so reliance is good because teamwork's important, but you gotta be able to roll, man, because other people get hurt. You got, you got to step up. Like you've got to be able to, to be a leader too. And so like this individualized approach, what I'm trying to do is teach people like I honed in um, way to safely travel, uh, to avoid avalanche terrain, both to and from their zones and while riding in them. Um, so I also felt that the price was way too high. As I told you, mm-hmm. I'm offering it and maybe I'm an idiot, but I want to do it for $200, uh, uh, one day. And the way the itinerary would work is the students will meet me in um, Idaho Springs in Colorado at a public library, which saves them money. And we go to, for the in-class portion. Um, and we discuss all the particulars of snow science and snow safety and traveling and recognizing from the eye avalanche terrain on paper, understanding what causes avalanche terrain, what mitigates avalanche terrain, how do you avoid it? I know this is a hot topic. How do you ride? Avalanche train. You like riding a black slope at a ski resort, right? That's yeah. pretty cool. That's a that's a fucking that's an avalanche train slope. That's thirty eight degrees right there. It's in the bullseye. Yeah. So it's the slopes we look at and we salivate over. But you got to know when to do them. And I'm this class is not going to teach you how to make a decision like that. This this class is going to teach you how to go and get in a position to one day do that. But the reality is after you walk out of area one, you shouldn't be going skiing consequential slopes. You should be skiing moderate to, to close to that and, 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 and working your way up with, with very good mentors and trusted touring buddies. Um, you know, taking um, reasonable risk, calculated risk, not just hammering it out. Cause you'll see lines in places you're like, geez, man, and it didn't slide, but the person they knew. Yeah. So would you um, consider your class like a, almost like an intro, like a before a level one course, or would it be, I can't certify anyone on area. And this is not a before I'm going to, I walked out of my area one course, scared to tour in the back country. If there was powder anywhere, I didn't want to go near it. Cause I thought it was avalanches under my bed. Mm. You know, they, they were everywhere. <laughs> and, um, so this is more of, a different approach completely. Different it's not okay. like you're getting a level one. 
it's, I think I'd like to say you're getting what you need, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Like I got cliff notes almost. Well, I mean, I think this is all, I think this is the cliff notes to what you don't need. Yeah. But I think this is a full dose of everything you need. Um, because it's going to set you up for continued education on your own. And it's going to give you the basics that you need to grow, like as your own traveler. And also, at, you know, in our classes, people will meet and, and they'll become touring buddies as well. And I'm always available to mentor and to help out um, as well. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not being kind of obtuse about it, but it's, <laughs> it's not the same thing as Aerie because I think Aerie goes, they don't want to give it all to you right there. And I don't think it was always like that for them. Yeah. Do you think they just, is part of it too, that the curriculum maybe is, is older and they haven't evolved it. But think about this. If it's older and no one's calling them on it, that's an extra couple hours of teaching. Well, that's the point I was going to get to is that, yeah, it's kind of a cash cow setup when you have to take all the different levels and it's going to cost you X amount for one for level one X amount for level two. And people who want that certification are going to have to go and take it regardless of the information is old, new, they just want the certification and they will pay and they will, they will show up. Right. And that's because there's no other game in town. Mm-hmm. And, and if you try to make, and that's the other side of this, if you try to create another option, you're a pariah. You're considered, you're not certified by Aerie. Uh, okay. I, you know, I've got two kids. I've been touring for now decades and like I've come home safely every time and I know I make good decisions. I can recall the amount of times I've backed off the, that have probably, you know, saved my life because of managing ego, which is a big focus of my class that Aerie doesn't do because that would condense a shit ton of what they'd have to <laughs> right? teach. I mean, they spend, put it this way. No one does an ECT. An ECT is an extended column test. It looks cool. You'll see it on most guide web pages. If you Google like Colorado backcountry guide and and find the first one, it'll have some bro, you know, in a pack. And he's like got his credit card out there and he's looking at it and they're like, yeah. Oh, you got to have that pick. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. And and the the reason I I say that is because I can the whole way. Well, A, I'm not skiing right there. I'm not skiing right there. Okay. There, there, that, what you're looking at could be differently than above. That's one. Cause you know, the mm-hmm. sun's not always fixed in one area. Um, and I could, or I guess the earth isn't, and I could like snow, um, test with my pole, what he's essentially drawing out. Like I can find those layers with weight. And what you're looking for is not like what kind of persistent layers you're just looking for the persistent layers, the weak layers. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting like a bunch of snow, for instance, the night before, and it goes soft, soft, hard. All right. You found your storm slab, you know, and, and if you keep pressing down and it starts going whoosh, and collapses further and your pole goes down, you now know there's a pretty bad weak layer right there on top of like that storm slab and a consolidated one. So they could go. And that took me five minutes and I'm doing that the whole way up. As I go, I'm getting such a good reading as I go doing that. So that's like five hours. We I got cold. I remember sitting there digging that pit and I was like, this is free. I'm freezing. 
I didn't. I thought it was cool at the time, but I remember being cold. Yeah. So basically, you're it's it's the, you're going for a more practical approach. Well, yeah. I mean, because I've never ever since my first day in the backcountry seen someone dig a pit. I, I, I've never seen it happen. <laughs> I've seen pits, but I know they're kickers. Mm. Like they're dug pit. You know, those are kick. You know, but I I don't know. It just yeah, it's not a thing anymore. It just doesn't give you the, it gives you, it's like one of like a trillion data points. Yeah. And again, too, if you're going to school and you're getting a master's in snow science, that's yes. when you get the credit card out now, and that's when you that's have to know what your crystal is. Those guys are forecasters. The, see, they're doing, those guys are taking that information right there and they're using it with other pits and they're forming the, 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 the forecasting that I was referencing earlier. Yeah, that's like the, the CAIC, like the information yeah. you're getting from the app. Those are the guys doing yes. that. And yeah. that's the thing, like, you know, kind of putting Not it all together. Really one. Right. So this is like, again, like the, the classes, the area classes have all this time dedicated to doing this when you could just get the app and pretty much eliminate half of a course because you're getting the app and getting information right I there. I feel like they got kind of pissed. I feel like there's like a, you never see those two. Like, I mean, they, they kind of are partnered together on stuff, but like, you know, it's, it's gotta be a little. Well, it's like the carriage maker and the automobile. Yeah. The carriage maker is like, ah, who wants that thing? Well, and you also have Caltepo. That's a whole other thing. I mean, you have to imagine, take yourself back uh, 10 years, 15 years. Like, CAIC on your phone. Let's see what what that did in the early 2000s, right? Yeah, you wouldn't have had a CAIC app. iPhone was 2007, so probably 2009 or 10 when the apps came out. You wouldn't have had that. You wouldn't have had Caltepo. That was military grade. Um, we didn't have a Venza maps to download for, um, remote, um, touring, like on your phone to make sure you're, you're on track. You had none of that. Now you have all of that, you know, and they haven't changed anything. Yeah. And again, too, if you're going for your master's degree, you're doing this, you're a snow scientist and that's what you're, yeah what you're going to go for. Yeah. That's when you should know all that stuff, but to have yeah. these tools in place that yeah. can, kind of replace a lot of that they Again, need, yeah go ahead it's good to know for sure absolutely but is it necessary to know it's like like needing to know how every piece of your car works to know how the master cylinder and your brake works right to, you know to know all the intricacies you don't need that to know how to drive right right yeah i mean to me the ideal framework would be that airy would reform its recreational track and bifurcate a forecasting guide track um, where there's, because I was an aspiring guide in an area one course with other people who just wanted to ride. Like that should not happen. No. <clears throat> you should be like, if you really want to do it, okay, you can be in the, in the course and stuff, but I'm sure it's going to be a little more difficult, a little bit more time intensive. It's going to be more expensive. But it's not going to be like for the everyday rider who's in college. These kids will go ride. Okay. They drop this wall at Cameron Pass called the parking lot drop that is a 39, 40, it's sweet, but it goes and they don't know it and they keep doing it. And someone's going to get hurt one day. You know, I know it. And I, I try to tell, I can't, but you can't grab everyone on by the ear like an old boomer and be like, you listen here, kids. <laughs> Even though yeah, I'm ripper snapper, come here. Yeah. I kind of want to, though, but like, yeah. <clears throat> Stuff like that's going to happen. And then you've got moms and dads 
who don't have time because they don't have a partner that's in that or they, they, you know, they, it's a lot of time dedicated to it. Yeah. Do as a parent, you're telling me I gotta, I gotta go Friday, Saturday, Sunday and pay you a thousand dollars to think that I can go into the back country safely. And then you're, when I walk out, I'm going to be scared. (sighs) A lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's what it is. Yeah. So I think they need to change that. The rec track needs to be, more geared towards the, like you said, practicality. So that's kind of where you come in. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. They don't like, they don't like the idea of me at all. Uh, of course it's not. The, yeah. Because it challenges the status quo. And that's something that's yeah. always going to make the incumbent force, the incumbent cash cow, very uncomfortable. So, yeah. I, yeah. Now, so, so your website, backcountryinstruction.com. Mm-hmm. If people are interested, that's where they would go, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, I, I guess I didn't finish the second part of it. Um, the in-class portion of the class uh, is at a public library in Georgetown, well, in Golden, which is 45 minutes from Georgetown, ultimately where we'll be doing our on-snow site instruction. But the in-class instruction um, is in a room that seats like 10 people, I think, or 12. And it's got, you know, all the hookups we need to show for the, the actual um, snow science discussion. Um the early part of the class, though, will actually start at a trail, um, well, a parking lot that's five minutes from a trailhead, um, where we'll shuttle students via snowmobile up to a cabin, this private property above treeline. And we'll do our beacon and shovel and probe instruction in terms of orientation. And then we'll do our companion rescue scenario, all of which should take about three hours. Um, it is not something that you, and again, uh, not to go on a tangent, but that's a class in and of itself. Eight hours I took for three hundred dollars to refresh my skills every year because I was like, I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and guess so, what? Well, you know who I took it with. Yeah. So how? All right. So just c- break it down for us. Like, someone goes, they sign up. How does the day? How like just roll through the whole day for us? Yeah. So you would meet me. Um, we would meet at the dino lots. That's the best way to meet. Um, and, and if you don't feel comfortable caravanning, um, or hopping in the car with, uh, with me, uh, because of COVID and I get that, um, and that mustache too, that's going to scare some people. Yeah. That's why I do it for the police officers. <laughs> they, they're like, All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can, we can get up there, uh, at Dino lots, which is in golden where we're going to be coming back to for the end class. But in the morning, we're ultimately going to be meeting at a trailhead, uh, called McClellan mountain trailhead. This is outside the town of Georgetown and Georgetown's right off of I 70. If you, you know where that is, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, quaint little town and there's plenty of parking. Um, and we're going to then like get on the snowmobile, um, you know, cause it'll be trailered at the, it'll be waiting get on the snowmobile and climb. And this is a good time. And I want to emphasize this students will need to be familiar with their touring equipment. Uh, that's important because this is not an intro to backcountry. Um, this is, you've been on your skins at the resort, you know, you know how to use your shit. You understand that you're in an unmitigated area. Okay. We're good. Now we're going to talk about how to safely be in here. But it doesn't, you don't need to show up like the guys at Cripple Creek. They called him Ray Fresh, who went to REI the night before and spent $1,000, got all his AT gear. I was like, all right, I'm ready for class. I don't want that guy. Ari will take you, like, but I'm not doing that. So know how to use your shit. Um, 
and then you'll get shuttled on the snowmobile up to the hut. And as I'm shuttling someone, another person can start using their AT equipment because snowmobiles provide a very nice track um, on that um, road for people to travel on. So that's a good way to get oriented even more with your gear in the backcountry. And I'll give you a safety instruction about walking on that road and whatnot, but it's all safe the whole way. Um, once we get to the hut, we'll do the beacon, uh, shovel probe orientation, and also the companion rescue. Uh, after that, we'll have lunch in the cabin if it's storming or honestly, if it's nice and it's sunny, man, I, <laughs> that hut is insane. Like you're just looking at Switzerland, you know, it's like mm-hmm. bluest blue and, and biggest, you know, sun baking down on you. Bring in some pocket bacon and go hit it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> Um, it will, my buddy owns it. And so he's got all the amenities we need. Um, I unfortunately can't provide alcohol cause we're trying to learn here. So, um, but if anyone brings it, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to tell anybody. Um, so I, I, uh, well then after that lunch, we'll, we'll shuttle back down. You can ski or ride the snowmobile or whatever. Skiing is pretty quick. Um, back down to the cars and then go to the in-class instruction, which will be at, um, in, in golden back where the, the original, that's the library. Yeah, the caravan point was in Golden. Yeah, yeah, it's a library, public library there. And um, we'll probably have four to five hours of class time, like rounding it out, like going pretty hard, you know. But it, it, this is meant to, if you're serious about it, get you the knowledge you need in the day, in one day, and for an affordable price. So, so you're talking like a, like a nine to five kind of day? Or <laughs> a little bit. It's maybe like seven to seven, seven to seven. seven, I mean, seven okay. It's one day. One day. It's one day. Uh, it's not three. It's not your weekend time. It's a Saturday or a Sunday. And you're going to go home after this course knowing, because this is what I went through, knowing that you have, lo- you have, you have some to learn, a lot to learn, if you want to do ultimately what I did, which was ski big lines and consequential terrain at certain times. Like That's ultimately our objective, my objective. I don't want to speak for anyone else. But like my objective when I went was like, I want to be able to do that. That looks cool, but I want to do it safely. I want to come home. And so, but you'll know you have a path to that or a path to safely recreating already because there's a science you can follow that keeps you safe. I mean, there really is. And it doesn't take much to discuss. I mean, it's just, it's it's physics really, right? Like angles are important. And, you know, in a way, like you mentioned, like the, like the airy, the level one and two it's you said it almost you know scared you and you didn't want to do it yeah and, i was frightened and it seems like your version of it is more empowerment where yeah i want it to be i hope so i mean there's good so when we get to the hut there's going to be some okay if you look off here that's a that's an avalanche like that's a, you know that would have killed all of us you know like you'll see it and that's going to get a, a healthy fear is important it's necessary. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I can't guarantee we'll see it, but I mean, that place is the rent, the, the circ of it is like nothing is, 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 uh, is below 45 or wow. 40. So you'll see constant sloughs, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure there's probably or 40. So there's probably a pop off of a big slab somewhere in the 40 to 45 on one of those faces every now and then. And if we get to see one, man, that would be really cool. Like just to <laughs> whether alive or afterwards, you know, cause we're so where the cabin is, 
you're like nestled in the tree and like right at tree lines. So like you're, the tree's right, right behind you, you know? And like, so everything's just like, and you're way away from it. And it's an old mining zone. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds pretty awesome. So who, who do you consider your kind of target demographic for your program? Uh, well, when I, when I was inspired to do this, it was because of like, not so much people like me. It was kind of me parents. I was big, but really like the younger kids who was just like, I don't fucking have a thousand dollars. Or you know, like, I don't, you know, they're trying to work, you know, so they don't have the time. So, you know, really the big thing for them was finding a mentor. And the only way you yeah. did that was you stuck your neck out at, at, you know, and you went by yourself to trailheads and you skied and people were like, what the fuck are you doing, kid? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and it's like some eighties movie. I, yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, and that's the way some people roll and it's dangerous, it's stupid, but what else are you going to do? If you love to do what we love to do. I mean, you know how much, I mean, it's, I, like I said, on, like, on the web, if you felt that sensation, it's, you don't go back. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to do what you're going to do to get it. Right. And, um, so on the other side, parents, because of like seeing my kids grow in this, like, you know, I, I, I'm inspired by other parents who take their kids out and do that. And it's so cool. And, and it's, but it's, it's like a unicorn and I don't want it to be, you know, because parents like, I know like, these are my babies, my treasures, you know, like I can't take them anywhere near the back country because an avalanche monster is going to pop out behind the tree and eat them. And the idea is like, well, get this knowledge, be empowered. And now your world opens up. It's amazing. Yeah, that's something that, you know, again, as a parent, I know exactly what you're talking about, where you're like, you're, you want to keep them safe. But it's yeah. like, hey, man, the world, they're not going to keep them safe. Like, you're no, like, there's two no. people in this world of 7 billion that are going to try to keep them safe. So you really need to give them the tools and the empowerment yeah. and the anti-fragility yes. to steal that that's term. True to to prepare them if if they do encounter this or want to encounter this so you know again sharing the things that you love with your kids is one of the most amazing things i've ever experienced in my life and yeah so i know exactly what you're saying about this and i i love that the way you kind of put that how you're kind of giving them these tools you know it's because you know passing material things to your kids is great but to give them experiences and real knowledge that they can apply and build on and, and take yeah. and, and evolve and grow with like, that's invaluable. Yeah, I agree. Um, having, having the opportunity to do that is, is really like a blessing for sure. And um, yeah, you they, they look at us as like role models. So like if you're doing things that are, it's not cause they're cool, but if you're doing things that are, they understand there's like nuance to the world. It's, if you're educated about certain things or you know certain things, then you can approach them differently and there's perspective to it. And it's not just this, oh, you have to do it this, 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 this way. And that's like a lot of the, um, I guess, the um, foundation, I think, uh, um, that people are working on when they go to these classes that like, this is how you do it. If you don't do it this way, you don't, you don't go to the back country. Yeah. And it's a little, a little too rigid, a little too outdated. It's an outdated way of thinking about things. Yeah, I was one. I, mean, I think it takes it just takes one to know one. You know, like when you go through it, you'll, you'll if you keep I mean, anyone anyone I've talked to who's gone through them, they know. Mm -hmm. I tour, like I talk to people and tell them about this, and they're like, "Yeah, it's." I mean, they don't. I like I'm. I tell them like, obviously, you don't need it, but what do you think about this? And they're like, yeah, I would have taken that. That would have been something that would have been interesting because 
I could have died. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't take the course or damn it. I spent so much money. Yeah. Now say you're a person who has been a resort skier and maybe did a little bit of side country, a little bit of, you know, dabbled in back country, but very, you know, more, more side country stuff. Sure. Would they, would this class be right for them or would you expect them to have a little more preparation, some prerequisite, Anything well, or, you know, like I'm saying, if, it, if it's, if you're skiing back, I mean, skiing uh, side country or the resort, um, but can you dabble in backcountry? My assumption is you have a touring setup. So hypothetically, if you have a touring setup and you've used it before, yeah, absolutely. That's good enough. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, ski, like ski ability wise, if you can ski a blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the funny thing when you hear people talk about hella skiing. And they're like, oh my God, you went hella skiing? It's like slow down. The Kardashians went hella skiing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They can, yeah. They can yeah. drop you in some green areas too, I assure you. It just means that there's no lift service. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty sick. Yeah. But I, I love this. Like, I'm looking, I'm just, you know, reading through the site right now. And some again, of my friends who are on it, uh, that's my buddy on the front, the front page. Uh, is my buddy Chris, who is a, uh, director producer with he's a well he does that independently but he works primarily with discovery so we're going to try to get some drone footage this year we found a new zone that we put in permits for to guide next year because of obviously something we can discuss later (laughs) um but we're getting him to like we're going to have a you know uh, just a day out with a bunch of just our touring group and there's a, I'm, it's, I think it's 2100 vertical relief. It's the, which is big for a backcountry sled access accessed zone. That's legit. Yeah, yeah, and it's got the sled track, and you can only use the sleds on the roads. You can't sled off the roads, and the, okay. and the roads loop up to like 13.8. No, I'm sorry, 12.8, 13,000 feet. Yeah, drop you back down. Um, and those are going to be primo next year. I mean, like amazing. He's going to get some drone footage of it. So we'll have that on the webpage. But that's like the guy on the front page skiing. That's the guy who's going to do it. He's oh, pretty okay. Too. Yeah. That's, you like that one. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so backcountryinstruction.com is the website. Yeah. Yeah. That's the website, man. And how are you running it? Are you running it pretty much like every weekend or is it more like kind of a la carte when you have when you have students or well yeah so i've got a booking page up on there um and so if you want to get into the class i've got some uh december 3rd is when we start yeah yeah december 3rd is when we're starting our first classes so if you go on there it's every other saturday sunday um yeah and those are the classes and then if you want to book a mentor day um, like you've already got your you know area or you've already been traveling in the backcountry long enough and want to get a little extra like reassurance that what you're doing is the right thing. Um, then the mentor day might be right for you. And that now, the mentor would, day, you said we've talked about this beforehand. This is, that's different, right? Yeah. Like this is more, again, you have the experience and you almost have to do the person taking the class is doing more of the work up front. Well, thinking of it this way, like ideally, if you were to, if you lived in my town and someone in Fort Collins said, Hey, you know, let's sign up, me and a couple of these kids, we want to do it. Our dad gave it to it for Christmas. You know, he wants us to do this. Okay, cool. Great so, Christmas gift, by the way, people. Backcountryinstruction.com. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I, I you know, honestly, and I don't, I don't drink, but like I would go meet them, like, you know, like let's go have a, uh, some drinks, whatever you like. 
I like ginger beer, but whatever, let's go have some drinks and like discuss your plan for what you want to do. Because that is what you need to be doing. Not drinking. I mean, drinking is fine. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> when you discuss your plan, you need to be sober. You need to have a collegial, relaxed environment where everybody can speak up about how they feel, right? That discussion does not need to happen in the woods. Yeah. Again, having no. a plan ahead of time, that's you're yeah. saving yourself time, you're saving yourself stress. Yeah. So we would meet, discuss their plan using maps and everything. And if they didn't know about the maps, I'd show them how to use Caltepo Avenza, which is a must. Uh, the Avenza app that you use in a conjunction with Caltopo is going to keep you on your safe lines and ingress, egress and riding all of that. And that's huge. We didn't have that 10 years ago. That saves, that's going to, I think when it adds it up, it's going to save a lot of lives. Um, I don't know how you can put that in statistics, but I just feel it's just an amazing um, achievement. So uh, yeah, we do that. And then the next day, we'd go tour, right? So if it's on the, if they want to do something on the sled, um, you know, that's, that's more donation driven. And if they wanted to, and we could, you know, that's customizable to where the sled's going um, and where we're going. But if they wanted to do more touring and work on that, which I anticipate mostly will be the case because that's what they're going to be doing thereafter most of the time. Um, but if they get on the sled, they're going to want to go buy a sled. I'm just going to let them know. Like there, there's no way out of it. Everybody that I've taken is like, I got to get one of these. I got to tell you, I'm embarrassed. I've never ridden on a snowmobile. It's not just that. It's that going up, dropping, skiing, going up, dropping, skiing, going up. And you're like, oh, I can only imagine if I did it, I would be like going to rest areas, trying to make money any way I could to get a snowmobile. Yeah. Because we were yeah. Just, I was just watching with my son. Uh, we're watching one of the uh, Warren Miller movies from a couple of years ago. And when they're out in the glacier country, out in Montana and they're, they're driving the snowmobiles up. The one guy's like launching off. All the guys are skiing down it. It's so was, fun too. Oh, yeah. it looks just like, cause you know, I live by the beach. So we do like wave runners and stuff in the summer. And again, it's, it's uh, like a wave runner in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And so like we would take that or we would do the touring, which I, as, as I said, I anticipate most people and I would try to tell them that's probably the best option for them because you're going to be doing this afterwards like touring so let's go let's get on your gear let's go <laughs> let's go tour somewhere um so hypothetically let's say it's somewhere at cameron pass or or hell <clears throat> we'll say it's um uh somewhere in summit you know and 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 we'll go over there to um to any one of those areas uh that we've mapped and we'll have a safe plan a and b uh and always an emergency plan to get out communication you know established and then like you said I'm going to kind of be like, Hey, I'm in the back. I tagged along. Um, obviously some idiots like, all right, I'm about to drop off this cornice in this 40 degree Northeast facing above tree line slope. It seems safe. I'll may, I'll be like, maybe let's not, you <laughs> <Maybe> know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> but a sort of that, the mentor would, they would be, you're kind of at the helm. Now you're mentioning like Cameron Pass, and for those who aren't from Colorado, is that national forest land? Uh, so it, it both national and state forest. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a big zone. It's like over a hundred thousand acres. I think the Cameron Forest Fire ended up being um, the largest in Colorado, and I believe it was one hundred and thirty thousand acres. It may have been more. I don't know why that number sticks out, but it was something inordinate. You know, like, how long ago was that? 
It was two years ago. It was, it was last it was not the summer, the summer before. Yeah, it was insane. And it absolutely screwed our fishing up. The rafting oh, was man. interesting. It was like when we took the boats down with the kids, they were like, it was like black water. Just from all the ash and. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and mudslides were horrible because they, people, I don't want to get political, but um, I do have a, you know, it matters to me because I work in, in the forest. Um, we don't manage our forest well. And, um, you know, we control burns are, are a thing that are frowned on politically. Um, you know, and, and so as a result, we've got beetle kill standing and not removed that if I went in there and had a fire and didn't put it out like this guy did, uh, allegedly, I guess, um, that happens and it shouldn't, you know, like, so as a result, the next year when we have some good rain, that mud just goes down the hill and it yeah. took out, it killed, I think it killed, a, it killed definitely one person, maybe two. And this is up the Canyon from where I live. So like 20, 30 minutes up the road. And, um, it took out like five or six houses, like just destroyed them. And this is after the fire had just run through the, the summer before. It's all because horse milk, in my opinion. Yeah. And how did that affect the uh, like the skiing back there after the fires? It's actually fucking cool, man. Burn. <laughs> Got rid of some trees, a little more <laughs> of the space, right? It was really cool. There was like burn trees and shit, and like there were some good pictures that uh, Diamond Peaks did, like Diamond Peaks Ski Patrol, which is a uh, and anybody who's interested in supporting a nonprofit, I will definitely shout them out. Um, Diamond Peaks Ski Patrol, they are the world's only, I believe, definitely the country's only nonprofit free um, uh, ski patrol in the backcountry. So those guys are like full blown EMTs. One's a doctor, um, and they go out and they look for fucking problems. Wow. That's why I told him I wasn't interested in joining the <laughs> It's like I want to ski, man. Yeah. I'm like, go Not ready ski. to give back quite yet. <laughs> yeah. They were a little bit older, but yeah, those guys, they do good work. Um Diamond Diamond Peak Ski Patrol. Yeah, they're they're good. Um and they have been uh, um affected by this issue with our friends at the state mm-hmm. course as well. Yeah, and that's something we, we talked about off off mic. Uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. which I know will probably be better suited for a whole nother episode. Um, yeah, no, it, it wouldn't. I want to. I want to hear Mario's thoughts too, because you know he's got to have some good ones on that. Yeah, he uh, he has some good points, and we talked about it offline. So let's just recap. So backcountryinstruction.com. People who want to learn, they have the gear. They want a, a condensed, super informative. How do I get better, more comfortable skiing in the backcountry? Yes. Offering these classes starting December third, every other weekend. Yeah, and you're going to be doing it out of Idaho Springs, Colorado. It's pretty much where you're uh, you're starting out. That's correct. Going to be golden. <laughs> and the the area that you're going to be, and you said it's actually private property that you're going to be yeah. sledding up and doing the on on mountain instruction. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And the price, it's forget about it. Don't even, not even mention the price because it's so stupid. I feel like Billy Mays or something, or like, uh, remember the guy selling well, the baseball? Here's the, here's the thing is like, people are, you know, like I said, I'm getting, I get heat for it. Um, you know, there's a certain Facebook 
group that I don't know if you're familiar with the backcountry skiing. I haven't posted anything about it really, but uh, at all. But I just try to avoid Facebook because it. Well, I know I do too, but it's poison. A lot of people that are targeted for exactly what I would like to reach. Like I, mm-hmm. I do feel that a lot of individuals in that group are. I'm not saying that Aerie, because you don't bite the hand that feeds you. If Aerie's model is working, it's working. Like I get yeah. it from a business perspective. I get it. But on the other end, I feel like a lot of those people are kind of taken by it. Not, I shouldn't say it, are kind of like taken in by it and are persuaded to do it because of the issues we discussed. So like if I discuss that and say this is what I offer as an alternative, that will be equally as good for much less um, and, and, and much quicker than the ship storm that would ensue is like nothing you can imagine. Yeah. And so I'm careful about it, but yeah, Facebook's it's crazy. Yeah, people are uh are lunatics. But yeah, backcountryinstruction.com. It's this sounds awesome. I actually I, I hope I can get out there. I would love to take Oh, you know you're welcome, man. When do you um do you plan on coming to see you? your sister lives out here, right? She's out there. Um I'm I'm really, really hoping to get out there in March. Well, you guys are riding free on the sled. Let's go get tons of laps. Like you tell uh, me now, let's do it. Oh my like, God. That's, that's like a boy's day. Yes. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. yeah. Because this, this seems like exactly, because again, I've got a little bit of experience, not a ton. I've got my gear and I really <laughs> just, you don't need AT gear on the sled. I take you up, you know, we go up and if it's ghostable, we're both going down with the yeah. sled. And like, you know, you have, you're clicking in, man. You don't need AT gear. You're, yeah. you're, you're at your resort. But I love, I love the idea of, of kind of, in a way, again, giving you that concentrated, this is the core of what you need. But then, you know, I know the kind of person that I am, I'm going to want to branch out and learn more because of getting that core information. Yep. And yep. I think a lot of people too, and it's the opposite approach of and the it's airy classes. crazy, crazy accessible. Yeah, very condensed forms that are that you can just get like and start reading before or after the class. Like I've turned it on. I've I have a touring partner that I trust with my life, and I have on several different occasions. Um, and he has not been to one airy class. <laughs> I didn't meet him like that. I met him already, like established, like he uh, several crew people that I had ridden with vouch for him, and my mentor vouch for him, and like you know everybody like he's a He's a cool dude. And then I rode with him for a while. And then I started progressing my relationship. And now it's gotten to the point now where like, we don't have to talk. Like we know what the other's thinking. We can fucking call each other out on decision-making, but he's never taken that course. Wow. But he fucking took a lot of risk to get to that position. And he got lucky. Yeah. That's not, you know, we don't want to depend on luck. No. And I tell people that they, if they think the course is something that's like not enough, they really think that and they want to put that out there like on Facebook or something like that. My condi- my, my, my response to them and to anyone is that I'll, I'll give them the class for free. But the condition is they got to like acknowledge that. Yeah. I mean, they can shit on me all they want if they don't like the class, <laughs> but I'll give it to them free, like under the condition, if they acknowledge, you know, this is something that um, is worthwhile and you know, it's, I take it. Yeah. I, I I don't I really don't know the kind of person who honestly again, again you if you're surprised. I, well I know I, I have I'm a, I've met people I know people 
but yeah, like if you're the kind of person who again is in this position where this would benefit them tremendously, like because they, again they've they've done the resort scheme, then a little bit on the you know side and backcountry, and they want to get that information. This seems perfect. This yeah, seems like exactly like the yeah. right the right formula. Yeah, I'd like to think so. It's something that I'm passionate about. All right, cool. So again, backcountryinstruction.com. Check it out. This sounds awesome. Clark, thank you so much again for your time. Um, I love that you put this together. Um, I hope you get, I, I hope you're booked out. I hope you got to get more people to, uh, to help. To help mentor you days are getting, yeah, we're getting booked mentor days and then the classes, I think as we start to advertise more that we haven't, like I said, we haven't done much on the advertising front. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of one of the first pushes and then we're going to do a Facebook posting and, and start a discussion, which is going to be a shit. I mean, it's just going to create a shit storm because that's like the beehive is avalanche discussion. Kick, so, the, uh, kick the hornet's nest, baby. Yeah. I'll try <laughs> to be moderate about it, but I'm going to, I want to channel you guys. Hey, people hate us. People love us. You know, you get, you, right, yeah. if you're not being hated by somebody, not challenging the yeah. status quo yet. That's right, man. That's I love right. it. All right, Clark. Thank you so much for your time. Backcountryinstruction.com. Check it out. All right. See you, bud. All right, man. Take care. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have more information or need more information, we'll have links in the show notes at skibumpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite social media apps. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, untapped at Ski Bump Podcast. Send us an email, Ski Bump Podcast at gmail.com. Go to the shop, Ski Bump Podcast, slash shop. Thank you to Paradise Skis, our sponsor. Go to paradiseskis.com. Use the code Ski Bump 15 for 15% off. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya. All right, so I sent you.